one of the things that characterizes a change in a season is the change of the weather. You cannot call it summer when snow is falling. You get it? When you are um, for example, in Ghana, when you look at the weather or the different weather conditions, there was a time that some months represented some weather conditions. But as time went on, you realize that the month came and it did not show up. Sometimes Hamatan did not show at the time it was supposed to show. So um, the month does not determine what we call it. You see, it is the change in the weather that determines what we are calling. So if for any reason the time of summer did not have um, the weather condition that suits the name that is given to it, then you can't call it summer. You can say, oh, that's a summer time, but you can't call it summer. Because if you're going to call it summer, it has to um, be in line with the weather condition at the time. Jesus talking about weather condition in explaining or understanding spiritual things. Let's look at Matthew 16 from verse 1. Matthew 16. The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and tempting desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. Right? These guys came and said, Jesus should show them a sign from heaven. Okay, verse 2, he says, He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, ye say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. In other words, Jesus is saying, you are, you are reading the weather. See, when it's evening, you say, it will be fair weather. Why? The sky is red. So you look at the sky, so, oh, it will be fair weather. Or it is fair weather. Because you are paying attention to how, you know, sometimes, I mean, we even do it. The clouds can be very dark. We say, oh, it's about to rain. See, it starts, the, the wind starts, and you say, oh, it's about to rain. Jesus is telling them the same things. And in verse 3, Jesus says, and in the morning, it will be foul weather today. For the sky is red and lowering. Then he says, O ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky, but can ye not discern the signs or the signs of the times? So Jesus is telling them that if you could read the weather, how come you cannot know when something's about to happen? You cannot discern the signs of the times. You know, in your spiritual walk and journey, God marks, there are, there are times that God marks your journey with significant times. It can be individually in your life. It can be as a church, all right? God marks the walk with significant times and timings. You see, um, you know, walking with God is a journey, and it's, it's a journey of trust. Walking with God 
is an adventure. And it's a journey where you need to trust the Lord in the journey and understand the times. For example, I thought about this. I was studying the scripture and I thought about something I said. You know, sometimes we, we castigate the children of Israel a lot and say that uh, these guys were very stubborn. For example, they came out of Egypt. Okay, let's think about it. Let's be practical. Let's think. Not like we are reading a book, like a real life story. They came out of Egypt. These guys have been slaves all their lives. All right? They came out of Egypt. They are in the wilderness. They don't know where they are going to start with. Except that they were told that they are going to a place called Promised Land. Now, the person who came to bring them out is missing for 40 days. <laughs> no, think about it. The person who came to tell them that cannot be found for the past 40 days. And they are in the wilderness. So, they, just have, they, they would just have to trust that he will come back. Mind you, he didn't tell them I'm going for 40 days. So let's think about it. You are a slave. You are okay. Even though you are being beaten, at least you know where your life is going. <laughs> then someone comes to carry you out of slavery and he says that he's taking you somewhere and you are in the wilderness. I mean, the mere thoughts that you just don't know what is about to happen is very, can make you very frantic. Now, that sounds familiar to many of us. Where probably sometimes in your life, God has said that you will be something or you will do something. Then you get to a certain point in your life, you are, you are not hearing any voice of God. You see, you are not hearing any voice of God. Nothing seems to be happening. At least you just want a little sign. Then the pastor is prophesying to people, always skips you for some reason. It's a journey. So these children of Israel were on a journey with God and they, God was teaching them trust. Now, after 40 days, the missing man appears. By the time he came back, these people have already used their earrings and the gold to form another God, to tell you the one thing, that they were just looking for assurance. So when they could not find God, they had to create a God. You see, the human will to want to control every circumstance, that's what was manifesting. The human will to always want to know, at least I want to know where I'm going. All right? Now, I said, so in that journey God was taking with them, you could see that that journey is marked usually in everyone's life. It's marked with times and times and seasons. So when you go to Deuteronomy chapter 1, which I read to you uh, on Sunday when I, when I streamed here, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 7, it said, Turn you and take your journey and go to the mount of the Amorites and unto all the places nigh thereunto, in the plain, in the hills, and in the vale, in the south, and by the seaside, to the land of the Canaanites, 
and unto Lebanon, unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Now, what God told them was that you have been in this place for too long. They didn't know that they had been in the place for too long. Probably not. You see, God had to reveal that they had been in the place for too long. Go to Deuteronomy 32. I was having a meeting with the pastors and I, I said something to them. Look at verse 8. He said, When the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. What is he saying? He says, God drew boundaries for them. God drew boundaries for them. So, spiritually, for a church, all right, for an individual, sometimes in your life, everything you are experiencing or seeing is a result of boundaries that have been drawn for you. Like the Bible says that he set them boundaries that they should not pass over. So, sometimes boundaries have been drawn for you. So why couldn't the children of Israel see that they could go forward or they could move forward? Because at that time, the boundary had been drawn for them. So God had to reveal to them and say, you know what? It is time to break camp and advance. When you read in, in the NIV, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 7, it said, break camp and advance. Break camp and advance into the hill country. God had to tell them, it's time to break camp and advance. Now, this advance, sometimes, you know, people um, want to make that kind of change in their life, probably want to move to another level, you know, like a church wants to move to another level in terms of the influence in the city. The church wants to move to another level. And the first thing they start doing is printing more flyers. You see, they are doing that not mindful that boundaries have been drawn for them. They will need to shift the boundaries before they can start going for evangelism. The boundary will have to shift. Like, for example, a cell leader. No matter what you do, you are probably for. No matter what you have done, you have gone for soul winning, you have gone for spirit winning, whatever. <laughs> you want their soul, you want their spirit, you want their body. <laughs> they just you just can't pass a certain number. You, those things usually are because of boundaries. And it's the same thing financially. The same thing in many aspects of your life. Usually they have to do with boundaries that have been drawn. So if there will be a change, so I told the pastors yesterday, I said, if the boundary will have to be shifted, you have to go to war. I told you before, and I tell you time again, I said, when we say that we want to, when you say you want to, like, we want to win the city, or we want to win a particular place, you are the one looking at it as, um, like, a, a church language, like, lingo. You are looking at it like a church language, like, oh, we are going to influence the city, or we are going to win the city. It looks to us like a joke. On the other side, in the realm of the spirit, they don't hear it like that. What they are hearing is, 
Some people want to dispossess us. It's a, it's, it's, it's fight. You just announced war. You just announced war. So when you want to shift the boundaries of your life, you have to be ready for war. Now, in many people's lives, when you, when you check the Bible, a lot of the time, sometimes, for example, for example, where we are as a church, in fact, I'll even say some things that will shock you. Do you know that the, when the boundaries are shifted for you, you can lose it? You, you, you get this. Get this. The devil does not play fair. Something that belongs to you, he will be decreasing it. It's, you are the one thinking, I, I, I won, so I, I made progress, so it should be given to me like that. You see, after you have said that and it is actually given to you, then you start noticing that, okay, let me use a cell leader, for example. And you start, the cell leader starts noticing that. Oh, for some time now, 30 people have been coming for my cell meetings. Then he goes to relax. They will reduce again, even though the boundaries were shifted for him. See? The boundaries were shifted for him, and that territory now belongs to him legitimately because he actually was involved in some prayer and fasting and he did some things and things were shifted for him. Then he now goes to sleep. The devil will encroach again. By the time the person realizes, there are churches that some years ago were 3,000, 4,000 in number. Today are struggling to be 200. Some churches after COVID didn't start, didn't come again. Because the devil does not play fair. Does not play fair. So when you want to make an inroad in your life like that and move to the next level, you will have to engage realm of the spirit so that the boundary can be shifted for you. All right? So, I'm talking about spiritual timing. You see, you have to know the time to go for war. Okay. Let's look at Hosea 13 verse 13. The sorrows of a traveling woman shall come upon him. He is an unwise son. Why? Say, for he should not stay long in the place of the breaking forth of children. So, give it this to me in the New Living Translation. Pain has come to the people like the pain of childbirth, but they are like a child who resists being born. The moment of birth has arrived, but they stay in the womb. Do you know the moment of change? That's what Jesus Christ was rebuking them about. He said, when it's evening, you can say it's fair weather. Do you know the time of your life that something must change? Do you know the time to effect a change? Look at Songs of Solomon chapter 2. The Passion Translation, I'll read from verse 11. The season has changed. Do you see that? The season has changed. The bondage of your barren winter has ended. So you see, he is equating the barrenness of the land to the winter. The land has no problem. It is the season. All right? And the season of hiding is over and gone. 
I think someone's season of his business hiding is over and gone. Yeah. And someone's season of hiding is over and gone. Yeah. He says, the season of hiding is over and gone. The rains have soaked the earth. You see? He says, the, rules have, the rains have soaked the earth. Continue. And left it bright with blossoming flowers. The season for singing and pruning the vines has arrived. I hear the cooing of doves in our land, filling the air with songs to awaken you and guide you forth. Verse 13. Can you not discern this new day of destiny, breaking forth around you? The early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth. The budding vines of new life are now blooming everywhere. The fragrance of their flowers whispers, there is change in the air. Oh, there's change in the air. 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 La brosate ka la kosaba la kosadaya. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Did you see that? There's change in the air. 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 Mora bakora bashada kabara sobra de la lekora masobra de la masoke da mayande de bosaya. Oh, thank you, Lord. Labros kebala kasha kaba ida bara sote kebaya. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's change in the air. There's change in the air. There's change in the air. Zechariah 10. From verse 1. Ask ye of the Lord reign in the time of the latter reign. So, the first time I read this verse of scripture, I sat down for a bit and I said, whoa, this is, this is big. You know why I said? Because what I saw there is ask in the time. Right? Right? Why? Because it was a new season, but there was no rain. It was rain time but there was no rain. Did you see that? So he says, ask in the time. Why is he supposed to ask in the time? Why? Because the time had come and the thing had not happened. So he says, you will now have to engage prayer because the time has come and it has not happened. You see, this ability to discern is time for change. And not small change, big change. And the person has gotten to that time, but nothing has changed. That reminds me of Elijah when he said, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. You see, he could tell that it's time for something, but that not happened. So he had to go and engage prayer. Why? Because he says, when it is time for the latter rain and you're not seeing the rain, he said, go and ask. It's time to ask. You see, it's time to engage. Why is it not happening at the time? 
So the time has come, but it has not happened. So why has it not happened at the time? Because you need to engage. You see, you need to engage. You need to engage. Sometimes, like as a, as a church, you know, and I want to bring that to your consciousness a lot, because the moment Jesus was teaching in the Lord's Prayer, and the moment he says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, the next thing is thy kingdom come. You see, you need to understand how God is thinking. You need to understand how God is thinking. First think about the church. First think about the kingdom. You see, any prayer move, all right, that does not focus on the salvation of souls and the building of people. It's not the highest of God. You see, when you want to come to the high place of God, the prayer move should focus on the salvation of souls. Eventually, everything that people require will be added. Why? Because that's what he said. He said that will be added. You see, but to your flesh, all right, to your flesh, to your human understanding of prayer, you see, there's something about your, your, your flesh that responds to prayer that has to do with you. You've heard me t- t- tell you that prayer meeting that happened one time, right? Where the prophet was praying and he said, let's pray for Ghana. Let's pray for the president. Please give me water. You see, that, you know, then the, when the prophet saw that these people are not praying, he said, okay. <sighs> Brethren, I saw something in the spirit. In the realm of the spirit, I saw a lion. Brethren, we need to pray seriously now. Because this, this lion is about to destroy your destiny now. Begin to pray. Now you will see clapping and... Yeah. You see, it's, it's this demonstration of their flesh. Demonstration of their flesh. Why? Because even the Bible says that, you see, if we want to live a quiet and peaceable life in all honesty, you see, what we should do is we should pray for all men. You see, the way God thinks, eh, God thinks very differently. For example, God is not thinking you have a problem. He thinks that in Christ, you are okay. If there's any problem you have, you will have with your environment. Because you don't control your environment. So you could have an... Uh, okay, some people are, got car accidents, not because they were driving bad. So when they were praying that one, they should have spoken in tongues because if they pray that, Father, as I pray, as, as I drive, let me drive well. That is not the problem. Because the Holy Ghost lives in him. He's going to drive well. But what about the guy who is drunk? So if he prayed in the Spirit, the Holy Ghost would have, you know, taken the Holy Ghost seeing ahead of time that this, there are other factors. There are some souls that if we don't win, there will be the armed robbers that will come to our house. You see, so, you see, sometimes you think you are winning the soul for God. You are winning for yourself. <laughs> you see, so sometimes fleshly thinking, they are thinking of the flesh. Oh, let's pray for our jobs. Let's pray for, you know, but we'll say that let's pray for men in authority. And men in authority includes your boss. Who can increase your salary? <laughs> you see, <laughs> you see, so, 
Sometimes it's better we listen to God when it comes to the subject of prayer. Because sometimes you are just listening to any, your flesh, your flesh. So let's all think the same thing. We need to break camp in advance. So I said, oh, in Zechariah chapter 10, right? Okay, Zechariah chapter 10. Verse 1. He said, Ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. Ask in the time. Ask in the time. Why? Because it was time and there was no rain. But it was time. And the guy had to engage prayer. Found himself praying in the time of the latter rain. In his praying. He says, what will happen? He says, so the Lord shall make. So the Lord shall make. He will let what is supposed to happen, happen. You see? You let what is supposed to happen, happen. Okay? Ezekiel. Every atom of creation displays. Ezekiel 4. Your limitless wisdom, power and glory. Every atom of creation displays your limitless wisdom and the worlds of your day. All right, Ezekiel 4, I read verse 1 and 2. When I went uh, somewhere, I, I shared this with the leaders. Uh, uh, let's look at it. Thou also, son of man, take thee a tile and lay before thee and portray upon it the city, even Jerusalem. So, what he's about to talk about here is about the city. You see, the city. Thou also, son of man, take thee a tile. How do you conquer a city? Take thou also, is that thou also, son of man, take thee a tile and lay it before thee and portray upon it the city. I, I want to read this in the NIV. I want to show you something in the NIV. Now, son of man, take a block of clay, put in front of you, and draw the city of Jerusalem on it. Sabalakura manis. He said, draw the city of Jerusalem on it. He said, take the attack, which is a, he said, draw, so God is going to teach him how to take a city. How do you take a city? How do you take a city? So go back to King James verse 2. So now, he, he tells him five different things, but there's one I'm going to um, uh, focus on. Because of the, the prayer, so that you understand why we are, we are going to have seven all nights. He said, Lay siege against it and build a fort against it and cast a mount against it and set the camp also against it and set this last one and set battering rams against it roundabout. Now, you know what it means to lay a siege, ambush it, all right? Build a fort. You know what it is. Cast a mount against it. You know what it is. Set the camp also against it. You know. Now, all these four, first four he has talked about are things that involve the people. But this last one is very, very important. 
He says, and set battering rams against it. Now, what's a battering ram? Ezekiel 26. Verse 8. He shall slay with the sword thy daughters in the field, and he shall make a fort against thee, and cast a mound against thee, and lift up the buckler against thee. Very similar things. Verse 9. And he shall set engines of war against thy walls, and his axes he shall break down thy towers. Now, the word engines of war is the same word that was used battering rams. Okay, take the NIV if it, it uses, I want to see that, there's, there's a version that uses battering rams there. In fact, the act is the same, good. He would direct, very good, very good. He would direct the blows of his battering rams against your walls and demolish your towers with his weapons. So he says, from, from when he started from verse 8, he started talking about, um, from the NIV, he would direct, um, verse 8, he will ravage your settlements on the mainland with a sword, he will set up siege works against you, build a ramp up to your walls, and raise a shield against you. Verse 9, he says, he will direct the blows of his battering rams against your walls. Now let me explain. In, the, in those days, the defense of a city. In those days, the defense of a city was their wall. So, if you remember Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. All right? Let's go there. Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. King James. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Why? The walls. Now, in those times, when a nation wants to be secure, what they do is they, they build walls. Now, according to the Bible, the walls of, of Jericho were so thick that people built houses on the walls. You understand? That is war. <laughs> it's not the one in your house. <laughs> oh, your house, oh, people have been jumping it. Even you have jumped it. <laughs> You see, but these were city walls. City walls. Now, you have to understand in those times that when you conquer a city, that's how they gain their um, economic power. You, you conquer a city, then you take the spoil. Then, by conquering a city, that is how they shift their border. All right? Now, that was the same mentality with which the British came to Africa. Same mentality with the, the, the French came to Africa. Why? Because their country is there. And if you, if you have your country, all you have is your country. But when you go somewhere else and they go there and they take the place and they put their flag over there, what are they saying? This is part of our country. So they teach the people their language. Then they start schools there. So what? It's an extension of the city. So when people went to war, it was because they wanted to advance their country. Now, countries that were small and did not have the uh, big military to go to war, what they do is that they make alliance with a country that is strong enough. And you can see it even till today, it's happening. You see, when you see that your soldiers are only interested in watching, you just know that <laughs> you just know that you just have to look for a country that is serious. 
<laughs> you know, when you read history, one of the nations that had to take independence by force was the Vietnamese. Because they had some of the most disciplined soldiers ever. They fought. When you think about um, colonization, you have to, it's not only Africa that was colonized. India was. Some of these countries had to take it by blood. And they fought. So, Israel is going to the promised land and God is going to give them Jericho. They want to take Jericho. But Jericho has walls. So the city is secured by walls. So a church can be in a city and never influence the city. Why? Because spiritually, the cities have walls. Now, in the, in the city is the walls. Now, remember what Achan stole. He stole gold. So in the city is also the spoil. So the Assyrians brought a strategy that, that um, started bringing down walls. And that was the battering ram. It started with the Assyrians. The Assyrians invented it. The battering ram was like a... Okay, um, can the technical team get me a picture of a battering ram? It should be fast. I have less than 15 minutes to finish this message. Because the prayer is more important. Four hours. Are you ready? Okay. Some said they are ready. Some are trying to be ready. Okay, but today I'll give you the liberty. When you see that somebody is sleeping, wake the person up and carry the person in prayer. Because today we are... <laughs> uh, please use a prayer position that we will not be looking for you. All right, have you gotten the picture of the battering ram? Okay, so... The battering ram was, it was like uh, some were made of wood. Some were pointed. All right? And this is what they did. They will, the soldiers who are supposed to fight, very good. This is an example of a battering ram that is pointed. Some were not pointed. All right? But you, you, you've seen what it's like, right? Now, what they did, used to do was, there are soldiers, all right? That will stand behind the battering ram. Now, these are different from the soldiers that will fight when they enter. Because when they enter, after the war comes down, they have to still go and fight you. You have to understand that. Now, but for the war to come down, these soldiers stand behind the battering ram and they push that point apart. Bam! 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 Some walls took months. Some walls took hours. Like, <laughs> very good. I see. So this battering ram, this is real battering ram. You know, so um, you see this battering ram. So the soldiers who stand behind this battering ram, sometimes they could have a number of them. Then they push, bam, bam, bam. Some walls, in hours, the wall came down. Some walls, in days, they came down. Some walls took months. There was a war that, according to history, took three years, three months. Are you listening? There was a war that took, listen, 
three years and three months. Now, if you look at it and say, oh, this was brought by the Assyrians, and say, oh, this is by the Assyrians, no. That God used the same principle, but just not with a physical battering ram, in the children of Israel going around the wall for seven days. It was the same principle. Because now, this is the, the way they were using the battering ram. You cannot use the battering ram in January and go and rest February and March and say, April, I'm coming to continue the battering ram. Because by the time you come, the city would have fortified again. So how they used to use the battering ram is some soldiers run shifts in the morning. Then some come to run in the evening. Then in the morning, some come again for three years and three months. See, sometimes there are things you want to take. In hours of prayer, you are done. Some things you want to take in days of prayer, you are done. Sometimes there are things you want to take. It will take years of prayer. Since COVID, we've been praying with pastor. This is the third year. Unbroken prayer chain. That's a battering ram. Acts 12. Now, in 2020, those of you who were in church at the time, I want to remind you of something. At that time, I didn't even know the scripture that was, that was talking about battering room. I didn't know, so I was just doing as I was led by the Spirit. Later, when I read about battering room, I said, oh, that was the reason. That was the reason. In 2020, when the year started, how many of you remember that weeks of prayer Pastor Claude will lead in the morning. By the time he's ending, I'm taking from the night. That was battering rams. Now remember that year 2020. We took the city. I didn't even know that it was in the Bible. I was just led by the Spirit. Pastor Claude will lead the morning. They will pray unbroken. By the time he's ending, I am starting. There's, there's no time in between it. I'm starting. We did the same thing in 2021. So there were morning session prayers, there were evening session prayers. Some come for the evening, some come for the morning. But it was just there, we're just there praying. Okay, look at Acts chapter 12. You know verse 5. So let's go to verse 5. Peter therefore was kept in prison. Now you know the story, right? Or do I need to say the story? Now, James had been arrested. He was killed. Now, Peter has also been arrested. All right? So, see something that the church did. What the church did was battering rams. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. In fact, by the time Peter was even out of prison, when he went, they were still praying. So, what the church was doing was the same principle of battering rams, without season, morning and evening, morning and evening, morning and evening, morning and evening. So that same principle of battering rams was what they were using when Peter was in there. Now, look at the response. Look at what happened when the church did this. So you go to verse 9. By verse 9, the angel of the Lord has come to bring Peter out. But look at this. And he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. All right? He didn't even know that the, the, what was done was actually true. But he thought he saw a vision. He said, when they were past the first, now look at this. 
the angel, after this prayer has been done by the church for days. So after this prayer has been done by the church for days, look at this. When they were past the first and second word. Now, now, the first and second word is like door. Now, the angel and Peter are going. So they went by the first and the second word. They came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city. You see, this prayer affects the city. Because there's no reason why the Bible should tell us about the city. But it says there was an iron gate. So this city was locked by an iron gate. So it says, the iron gate that leads unto the city. Then it says, which opened to them of his own accord. How did this open? By his own accord. Probably James was in the same place. Why did they not open for James? He opened of his own accord for Peter because the church was praying. So sometimes there are things that it's time to change. But those things have not changed. And I'm, like I was saying to you, it's time for the church to move to the next place. It's time for the borders to be shifted. It's time for the walls of the city to come down. Now, how will that happen? That will not happen until we engage the battering rams of prayer. So the children of Israel were going around the wall. Unbroken prayer chain. Unbroken prayers. On the last day, when they shouted, the wall came down. We're going to pray. Seven all nights. We'll keep praying. If you pray today, and nothing happens. Don't worry. This kind of prayers, you just have to make up your mind that until I finish, I'm not going anywhere. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Until I finish, I'm not going anywhere. If you pray today and nothing changes in your spirit because that's where you notice it first, don't worry. We have six more. You will stay there. Seven all nights is not a joke. I'm just telling you before we start. Seven all nights of... By the time you finish two hours of today, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's not a joke. But then that's where you always separate the men and the boys. 